We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Panthers fans, welcome back in. It's another edition of the Roar Podcast, our draft spectacular, one of uh, the first of many. We are a week away from the draft, seven days away. I'm John Ellis. Uh, Billy Marshall, how you doing, my friend? Yes, sir. Just ready for this draft, man. <laughs> That's right. That's how I feel. Let's let's get this draft going. I feel like we've been on the clock for years now, and it has seemed like that. Panthers, of course, trade up the number one overall. And uh, joining us now... It's our good friend from ESPN.com and uh, the former host of NFL Matchup. Uh, he's one of the best uh, people in football in terms of breaking this stuff down. You can find him at Matt Bowen 41 on Twitter. Matt Bowen, welcome back, my friend. What's up? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me on again. We are good. Um, I, I would say that the, the spirits are higher here in Carolina than maybe a year okay. ago, with, with all mm-hmm. due respect to the former head coach and some of the former staffers there, and, and best of luck to them in Nebraska. But it's, it's a new time. It's a new page here in Carolina. And I want to get your perspective first before we mm-hmm. dive into these prospects. Frank Reich, the new head coach, and they've added some great, uh, you know, I would say all-star type of staffers here. Let's start with Coach Reich. I know you know this Indianapolis Colts operation pretty well from years being up there in that neck of the woods. Frank Reich, new head coach, what do you make of that hire? I think it's an excellent hire because you have a young football team that might get even younger um, a week from today, right? Um, in a key position. So I, I think you want someone who is offensive, has an offensive background and is a leader that can work with younger players and increase and speed up that development based on what he can do from an offensive scheme perspective and looking at the type of staff he hired. Um, You guys mentioned kind of an all-star staff. I think it's an excellent staff. And one person I want to really comment on is what Jim Caldwell is going to do as a senior assistant. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, in the past couple of years, this is about a year and a half ago, um, Coach Ferentz at Iowa started started an advisory committee, yeah. okay, and that we would talk to Coach once a week. And I was a member of that advisory committee, and Coach Caldwell was as well. Coach Caldwell's a uh, you know former Iowa Hawkeye himself. And I can't tell you how much I learned from him. This isn't about football, guys. This isn't about scheme and X's and O. This is about leadership traits and being a leader. Whether it's a, you're running a football team, a business, whether you're a teacher in a classroom, whether you're running your own family. But to listen to Coach Caldwell for over a year in our weekly meetings, he is beyond impressive now, mm-hmm. beyond impressive in what he brings 
again, not just from scheme, but from a leadership perspective. And having him in that building, I think, is a major advantage from Carolina. Again, I'm not in that building. I'm not in the meetings with those guys. Right. But I can tell you right now, when you bring someone in like that, that tells me from a coaching perspective, one, if you're Frank Wright, you're still willing to learn, right? Yep. And Frank Wright has coached a long time, but he is still willing to learn. He is still willing to hear from other voices within the building. And that tells me it's a collaborative effort. And that's what you want. Any winning coaching staff, whether it's high school on Friday nights or Sundays in the pro games, you have a direct line of communication that's open, that is willing to have discussions, that's willing to have hard discussions at times about your football team, right? Not only about your players, but yep. about the people around that coaching staff. And that is willing to create a sense of accountability. I think that's a great place to start in terms of what they did in putting this coaching staff together, because I think it goes beyond scheme. And guys, you know, John, you mentioned I hosted the matchup show. Myself and Greg Coast, that's what we did for four straight years. It was all scheme, right? And what teams do from a schematic perspective, offensive and defensive tendencies, creating tactical advantages, right? Well, this is creating a tactical advantage in a different way, in my opinion. And you guys know I've been coaching now at the high school level for almost a decade. Yep. And I understand it's high school football, but you ask any NFL player, some of their most impactful coaches, myself included, that's my high school coach, Jim Cover at Glenbard West, there is an impact at that level. And the reason we've had success at IC Catholic is not the scheme, okay? It's the, build, the ability to build relationships with your players, the ability to have trust between the coaching staff, the head coach, the coordinators, down to the assistants, and into the locker room. And I think that's one thing you see. Again, I'm not there, but with this staff and the names they have, the experience they have, plus the young coaches, the young coaches, that's going to make a big difference. I, I strongly believe that at that level, you have to have young coaches. You have to have some guys who played before, whether it's in college or the pros, that have that sense of energy to them or that bring juice to practice. I call them energy guys. Yep. But you got to have, okay, it's harder for an older guy even myself, I'm 46 now, to have that juice every single time. But when you have younger coaches around you that never stop, that's another key component to building a winning program. Well, a guy that's going to bring the juice, and I think you might have faced him a time or two, is Deuce Staley. And mm-hmm. that's another great addition, too. A guy that uh, you know was on Dan Campbell's staff. And among him, you know Thomas Brown, the new offensive coordinator, yes. who spent time with with Sean McVay, Sean Jefferson is the wide receivers coach. I mean, you could yes. make a, a dream team out of like an old Madden video game out of some of these players, man, mm. and former coaches. But the defensive side of the ball, before I turn it over to Billy, I know there's you talked about scheme, and, and but, but there's also an element of leadership, too, with Dom Capers coming back into the building. Yes, uh, The first mm-hmm. coach to ever don a Panthers uh, coaching shirt here in Carolina, ironically enough, joining one of the hot rising coordinators, Ajiro Evero. When you hear that name associated with what we refer to as the Fangio system, and I know that could be loosely interpreted. Mm-hmm. Give give our listeners uh, maybe a better understanding of that framework as it might relate to this Panthers team. I know the personnel will change a little bit, but what do you think right. about this addition defensively for Carolina? Well, you have to look at what they did last year in, in terms of in Denver and what they did last year in terms of their coverage rates, their blitz rates. Their blitz rate was 33.5%. That's pretty high. Okay, and again, that doesn't mean it carries over. Blitzing happens for multiple reasons, right? Blitzing happens. Look, I played for Greg Williams. That was part of our DNA. <laughs> right, right. You were born to blitz when Dr. you walked into that yep. building. <laughs> right. The matter is third and 20, we're coming after you, right? <laughs> Cover <Okay>. zero, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of 
their coverage percentages. They were over 50% single high. Okay, does that mean that carries over? Maybe. That's pretty normal. Though, look, if you look at what the Fangio tree is, I think it's very multiple. Obviously, it's corners-based at times when you're playing four deep or cover four, however you want to define it. But it's not just chalkboard cover four. You're going to have a lot of match principles underneath when you match and carry in the slot to deliver him to the safety, to help your safety out when you have a strong player in the slot. You're going to use your safeties to cut and take away the amount of the massive amount of inbreakers we see right now in the National Football League. You will play boundary coverage where you lock on the boundary, where you will push your free safety to the strong side of the field to get a jump and have your boundary corner, someone you trust like a J.C. Horn, playing man-lock coverage within the zone scheme. You will have a lot of fire zones, a lot of twisting up front, uh, a lot of scheme fronts where you can take someone, I use the term scheme fronts, but what you're trying to do is create the one-on-ones you want. And if that's Carolina, you're trying to get one-on-ones for Brian Burns, right? Yep. To get him in a position where he gets that consistent one-on-one because you're going to force the offensive line to slide the protection. That's the tactical advantages we were just talking about to get what you want specifically. Um, but I think there's going to be very multiple. I think you're going to see a mix of two high and one high. And like every team in the National Football League, when it comes to third down, you need guys that can challenge and cover. It's hard to play zone coverage on third down, chalkboard zone. You can't do it against the top quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, it's hard to do it in high school against high school quarterbacks because they will find the windows and attack them and move the chains. So when it comes to third down, I think you will see an aggressive brand of football in Carolina where they they walk up and they challenge because they have the corners to do it. They have the corners that can challenge you and have the man man technique and the man skills to do it. And with that, you can you can bring your man pressure. You can stunt your fronts. You can do so many different things when you have the ability to challenge in the perimeter. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's really great insight. I'm looking, I know John and I are really looking forward to watching this defense, but you know, let's transition here to this draft class, particularly Mm -hmm. number one overall. And uh, there's certainly a lot of momentum building for Bryce young. A lot of the insiders and even betting markets are suggesting that. And um, I'll just give you my, I mean, John and I have both have the same quarterback one and it's Bryce young without Mm -hmm. question. I mean, he's just, I mean, you talk about anticipation, ball location, feel, I mean, this guy is special. And I'm just, uh, I don't know about you, Matt, but I'm a little tired of hearing about his size. I mean, the guy has been playing at an elite level in the SEC for two straight years, and he's been able to produce, just elevate the talent around him. I mean, he doesn't have the same type of surrounding talent that Mac or Tua had in Alabama. I'm not trying to take anything away from those two guys, but I mean, he's, to me, he's the best quarterback. He's a special prospect, and I'm wondering how you see it with him. Sure. I'll tell you what I wrote down in my notes. Um, because I do think the size, I, I think we're all at this point of the draft process, you got to have something else, right? You can't just say, well, he has an undersized frame. That is part of the scouting report. John and I have talked about this um, yep. off the record plenty this offseason. Oh, yeah. Be- because you, you look, uh, let's just get this out of the way now. You do worry a little bit about the size because of the impact injury. So when I talk about impact injuries, the quarterback getting hit and getting put on the ground especially now that you guys play on turf down there as well. That's part of it. And that is you worry about the collarbone, you worry about the shoulder because he has that narrow frame. But he has played very high-level football in the best conference in America. I'm with you guys. He is my number one quarterback because the tape's the best. The tape's the best. The competition's the best. He played in a pro-level scheme in Alabama where he had read stuff out, pre-snap and post-snap. 
Um, I said he has the arm strength to make all the required throws in a pro offense. I don't think that's where you have to stop. Now, does he have Josh Allen's arm? He does not. Is his arm similar to that of a Joe Burrow? I think it is. Um, he's a quick, easy release, aggressive, accurate passer. You saw that in the Sugar Bowl, some of the highlights from that game mm-hmm. and the throws he made. The ability to vary ball speeds, I think that's so important. You get a lot of quarterbacks that come to the NFL that have incredible ceilings in these pro-ready traits in terms of the physical tools. But at times, they can be a one-speed throw. You need someone that can vary ball speeds, throw a touch. Excellent pre-snap, post-snap field vision. Excellent pocket poise and movement. I said he creates space and resets his window. The way he moved in college within that pocket reminded me, if we're talking about the same time, was Joe Burrow when he was at LSU. Hmm. Okay? In terms of that ability to master the pocket, to slide, to step up, to throw the shoulder forward, to buy space within that pocket. And again, he's going to have to do that as a shorter quarterback, to be able to move and create what I call a new throwing window to create those new sight lines to push the ball down the field. And I think he's got mobility to escape pressure. Didn't see it two years ago as much in his tape, but you saw it this past year. When I mean escape pressure, I'm not talking running for 700 yards as a rookie. You are moving to throw. I think that's what he is excellent at, moving to get outside of the pocket and finding his targets down the field to make those second reaction plays. I think his ball location can improve with tighter footwork. But again, that's a coachable trait, right? And one thing I've always told myself when watching tape and even as a coach now, there are certain things you cannot teach, right? You can't teach height, weight, and speed. can't really teach arm talent. But the things that you can work on, the technique, the details, the position, well, yeah, you're going to get better as as you're a pro player. You're going to understand what works and what doesn't work as a pro player. Um, And I said he fits in a pro system built on rhythm concepts. And to me, that's what Frank Reich's going to do with him if they draft him at number one. You're going to see a lot of mesh. You're going to see a lot of quick game. You're going to see RPO. You're going to see their shot plays when they push the ball down the field to be schemed shot plays. We're going to get some max protection off outside zone play action and set him up in the pocket when he has a high to low read down the field. You're going to see high to low reads underneath, two to one. You're going to see triangle reads in Frank Reich's offense in the middle of the field. But a lot of crossers and a lot of concepts where guys are running away from coverage. I always remember when we did Indy when I was doing the matchup show. You saw a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of plays, a lot of rub routes, a lot of two to the zone to give the quarterback scheme concepts to throw. And look, that is not a bad word to use. Okay. Right. We talk about that all the time. What are scheme? Yeah, I said that before. Scheme fronts, right? Yeah. Well, scheme, scheme is not a bad word. You know, Patrick Mahomes plays within a scheme. Yes. Joe Burrow plays within a scheme. Right. It's not go out there like you're in your backyard on Thanksgiving morning and throw and throw the football around, right? That's not what it is. Everyone has a scheme. What you need, guys, on top of that scheme is the ability that Bryce Young has. Because when things go south, because they do go south a lot in the NFL, can you create by yourself? I think you have to in, in today's NFL. It's a passing league. You have to be able to create outside of structure when necessary. And he can do that for you. You had mentioned uh, Matt. Uh, Matt Bowen is our guest here from ESPN.com, uh, and you wrote a great piece that I want to refer people to. The uh, piece where you had the 53 best uh, mm. different traits and skills. NFL drafts best at 53 different trade skills: speed, arm talent, blitzing, first step. We'll get into some other prospects, but you know, CJ Stroud. I know it's probably going to be young here, but when you look at Stroud, and, and obviously, if you can give us a word, maybe on Levis and Richardson following this. Sure. The big thing with Stroud, obviously, is the mechanics. I think Jeremiah, Daniel Jeremiah, who does a great job, had likened it to Adam Scott's golf swing. It's the most repeatable Mm -hmm. motion you'll find. And I think there's a lot of attractiveness about that. 
if you're a coach out there. Uh, what's your assessment of his NFL potential and uh, how you translate those skills to the next level? That's a great point. And when Greg and I did matchup for the draft show last year, we put down a list of our quarterback traits. One of the top ones is repetitive mechanics, right? Yep. And you talk about the best golfers, the best best hitters in, in Major League Baseball, yep. best free throw shooters. What do they all have? It's the repetitive mechanics, right? Yep. It's almost <clears throat> that muscle memory where it looks almost perfect at times, right? The best shooters. Steph Curry, we see it all the time. Yep. Well, with Stroud, that's that natural throwing motion, right? It's a clean, over-the-top motion, like you see from the best pitchers in big league baseball. Um, I think he has arm strength to attack all three levels. He can drive the ball, throw with pace. Probably the most accurate passer in this class. Excellent job of delivering a runner's ball. So, again, if Stroud is the pick, because we really we think it's young, maybe it's Stroud. Yep. That would fit perfectly with Frank, right? With all those crossers and over routes, people working away from coverage, I use the term runner's ball. What that means is it's accuracy is the ability to complete the pass, right? Yep. Ball location is what you get after the catch, and that's what he delivers. Yep. Um, I think he played in a very defined passing game at OSU. I think there will be a little jump comparable to Bryce Young, who played in a more advanced pro system at Alabama. But I think the, the number one thing was Stroud, because going into the Georgia game, if you watch Stroud's tape, he wasn't under consistent duress, right? Right. He just wasn't. A lot of clean platform throws. Yep. A lot of heavy play action where it's pretty defined for him. And again, then you see those traits as a thrower really show because he's he can stand tall, play tall in the pocket, and drive the ball to wherever he wants. But that's why I bring up the Georgia game. Because the Georgia game, a lot of things went south in terms of pass protection yep. for that Ohio State front. And understandably so, against the best football team in America, and the most physical front in America in Georgia, that he had to move. I think that tape needs to be graded at a higher level, given the stage, given what was at stake, given the competitive competitiveness of that football game, and how many plays he had to make where he didn't have a perfect throwing platform. I think that really boosted his grade because that was a game everybody watched. Everybody watched that football game. Oh, yeah. And he played at such a high level, and he utilized his legs. Now, again, neither – Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud are going to be design-run quarterbacks, in my opinion, in the NFL. Now, Stroud can be situationally run. Bryce Young can be situationally run on his own read, third and short, low red zone, situations like that. But these are, in my opinion, refined pocket throwers who have enough movement traits to create on their own, and that's a big thing you want in today's NFL. No question about it. Hey, Matt, I'm curious to get your perspective on – a couple of wide receiver prospects who could be available uh, early in round two, where Carolina is expected to okay. draft 39 overall. Um, you know, three guys that they've had shown some level of interest in Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss, um, Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, and Josh Downs from North Carolina. I mean, what do you like about, I mean, is there one among those three that kind of stands out to you and that would be a good fit potentially? Uh, let's, let's start with Josh. You, said you mentioned Josh Downs, correct? Yes. Downs. Um, Josh, Josh Downs is an explosive player out of the slot. That's what he is. And I think he plays big, okay, comparable to what his measurables are. In terms of what he can do, competitiveness at the catch point, competitiveness after the catch, I think he has route detail. Um, I think he has big play juice within his, in his game. And I think that's what it translates to in the NFL. Not that he can't play outside because, look, everyone – right now in the NFL. It's not like when I played. For example, when we used to play Philadelphia, Terrell Owens was in the slot 
something was off, right? That meant he was getting the football every time, right? Because he was your X receiver, your Z receiver. Now everyone moves all over. We understand that. But in terms of playing inside, I think that's where his game is. Um, Jonathan Mingo, you mentioned. Very interesting prospect to me because he has such a powerful frame. I think he has enough top-end speed to separate down the field. But you, what you really want with him is someone can run deep in breakers. Someone can run crosses and over. Someone can catch the ball in slants and create after because now you have to tackle them in the open field. Someone that can also, I think, be utilized, by the term I use is a motion movement target. Someone can get the ball in jet. Someone can get the ball in wide receiver screen. Someone that can align in the backfield and run a seam route out of the backfield. There's some multiplicity um, to his game. And the third, who was the third wide receiver you mentioned? Tyler Scott, Cincinnati. Okay, I really like Tyler Scott. I really like Tyler Scott. Yeah, same here. (laughs) Now, that's someone, a great example. You look at his tape and you say, well, his route running can be more fun. Okay, then coach him. Coach him. That's That's the one issue I have with what we do in our business with someone who is not a finished product because no, no young player is. So if they have an area of their game that needs to improve, well, that's why you coach them. Like we were talking about earlier, that's why you put this coaching staff together in Carolina, right? To work with young players. So again, that's a coachable trait though. You can teach that in terms of route rhythm, route depth, how to refine your brakes, how to generate more speed out of your brakes. What you can't teach is the traits that Tyler Scott has. He's got incredible vertical speed. He plays much faster than his time speed. He is electric after the catch. And again, another one who can be utilized as a motion movement player. But that's someone I really like. I'm glad you brought up his name because he's not being talked about enough. And I think that's, again, our business. We focus so much really on the top 20 of the draft. That's really where most of the discussion is, right? But there are so many players in here from probably number 20 to I would say number 80. They're going to be really solid pros and quality starters. That's what you want. You want quality starters. You know, when you talk to, to scouts, the top two levels are the blue level, which are the blue chip players. Okay, there's not many blue chip players in this draft class. There's not as many blue chip players in the NFL that everyone thinks, right? There's a lot of red level players. And red level players are guys that are quality scar- starters, consistent producers, and have those pro bowl type of seasons. And those are the type of players I think you can find in this draft when you get outside that top 20. Matt, the, the Panthers, I think, could be in the market for a stack linebacker, and there's, there's a few out there. I know you know one okay. in particular that you're probably eager mm-hmm. to talk about, uh, Mr. Jack Campbell from Iowa. But uh, walk us through a couple of these uh, prospects that are expected to be maybe high first, early second round guys that, that maybe Carolina could look at. Maybe a Drew Sanders, Trenton Simpson, Jack Campbell yeah. we mentioned. Just what, what's your overall sense of the, not, not just the position itself in terms of the evolution, especially the Mike position in today's game, but some of these guys that are available maybe within this scheme that could fit in beside a Shaq Thompson on the interior there. Okay, we'll start with Drew Sanders. And Sanders is very interesting to me. He's got excellent excellent second-level range, which you need in today's NFL, right? It's hard to be a first and second down player and survive in this league right now. you got to have third down traits yep. to utilize on first down because it's such a passing league now. Um, but Drew Sanders has a second-level range. He's got coverage traits. The thing that's so interesting about him, guys, is when you watch him as a stand-up edge rusher, he gets home. He produces. Yep. And it's not just a bull rush, Okay. He's got active hands. He's got a couple counter moves. He's an interesting player that I'm wondering that you can scheme him also as a third down rusher. 
Okay. And maybe it's where you create those loaded fronts when he walks up over the B gap and he's involved in a stunt with Brian Burns. Right. So there's so many different things you can do with him. I really like the prospect Trenton Simpson. Well, John, you know him more than anybody. Oh yeah. Being down there, Trenton Simpson. Playmaker. Not only, not only second level speed, but second level range to go with it. Yep. Um, when you talk about sideline to sideline pursuit, mm. I was watching the, his tape versus Georgia tech. Oh yeah. And, the amount of plays he made that a lot of linebackers would not have made. It made it made the opposition look like they were slow motion. Yeah, it was right? it was so much watching him in person <laughs> along with the, the rest of like Trotter Jr. I mean, you know, you know his old man. Yeah. I mean, they they've got some dogs down there, but the twenty two flashed everywhere, sideline to sideline. Yeah, and an excellent blitzer, someone that can yeah. utilize as a spy and has the speed to play spy. <laughs> look, I've been on teams. And when we said we're going to spy on athletic quarterbacks and you draw on the chalkboard and it's awesome, you get to the game and you can't make a play, right? So right. Uh, you got to have someone that can actually do it, that can run and hit and tackle. He's someone I really like, again, who fits today's NFL. Obviously, Jack Campbell, I know from the University of Iowa in terms of how he was coached, how he was de- developed under Coach Seth Wallace, linebacker coach at Iowa, and Phil Parker, the defense coordinator. Incredible football character, incredible leadership. I think he really surprised people with how well he tested, given his body frame. Yeah. You're talking about someone who's almost six foot five, two hundred forty nine pounds. You know that. And look, I'm not comparing the players, but that's the body type of Tremaine Edmonds. Yep. That's the body type of Ryan Urlacher, right? <laughs> Those type of long Mike linebackers who can open their hips and run in coverage. We've seen Jack do that. Yep. We're super instinctive in the run game, and will be a downhill thumper in the run game too. I think he brings a lot of traits to the NFL. One more player I want to mention, and this would be later for Carolina, but it's someone I watched tape on this week, and he's down by you guys. Isaiah Moore out of NC State. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, look, Isaiah Moore does not have the traits of the first three linebackers in terms of the second-level change of direction ability and the second-level range, but someone who can be deployed on blitzes, someone that is ultra-instinctive and sees it fast as a run defender, and someone I think it'll immediately help you on special teams. That's the other aspect of drafting defensive players. That's someone, guys, when I watch, I say, well, I want to coach that guy. I want to coach yeah. him. I want him in my linebacker room. Because I know that when I put him on the field, maybe it doesn't get as many snaps as a rookie, more even more on special teams. But even those special team snaps, I know he's going to go all out. And he's going to hit somebody. Yep. Okay. It's going to be somebody. It, it might be someone on the sideline. might be someone in the crowd. We don't know. But he's going to hit somebody <laughs> on that play. Yep. And I think those are the type of guys you want when you're in the draft. Again, when you get to day three of the draft, that have some traits that can project to be a starter at one point in their, in their pro career, will immediately help you on special teams. And you know when you put them in, they're going to give max effort and give you something. Yeah, that's, uh, for me at least, I really want special teams contributors on day three, especially if they have the Mm -hmm. versatility. But another position that I just want to ask you real quickly is this second tier of edge rushers. Uh, Scott Mm -hmm. Fenner, the general manager, was on local radio this morning mentioning, uh, yeah, you need two good edge rushers in the NFL today. And I I obviously agree with him. And I think they are still searching for the – uh, compliment to Brian Burns. And I think at pick 39, it opens up some different avenues and uh, a few guys that I know that they've shown interest in, whether it's Ojolari from LSU or mm-hmm. Will McDonald, the fourth uh, from Iowa state and yep. uh, the guy from Kansas state, uh, Anaduke Uzama. I hope I'm not mm-hmm. mispronouncing his name, but uh, those three guys in particular, I, I think that they could have some interest in and is do one of those three kind of stick out for you? 
Yeah, all three of them have traits. I mean, McDonald has the natural bend, okay? The natural bend, the lower body flexibility to flatten his rough path and get home to the quarterback. You look at McDonald and how he's utilized at Iowa State, okay? And Coach Campbell does a great job at Iowa State. And he coaches, he's being paid to win football games. And the defense they use is a, you know, three-man front. Where McDonald is not really a wide nine, right? Not really a seven, even seven technique. He's more almost playing as a five on the edge of the tackle. You put now project that, project his his traits in Carolina where he can be an outside line, a true outside linebacker. That really works because he has the traits to get home. And I think you will see a much higher ceiling for someone like that in the pro game. Ojolari, he fits. There's no question he fits. Has a little bit more lower body tightness than McDonald. But we've seen in LSU how he's utilized. You know what he reminded me of is, was Arden Key, a little bit like Arden Key um, in terms of how he was utilized last year in Jacksonville, um, where he can rush off the edge, can be deployed inside in your sub-package personnel to get a matchup as a stand-up three technique versus an offensive guard. One player I want to mention to you guys, so I watched this week, and I'm a little behind this year because I ran free agency for ESPN, so I'm starting to catch up more on – Prospects outside of you know the top thirty, Byron Young from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a yep. that's a name like I would keep an eye on. He's he's an older player, okay, uh, but Byron Young in terms of scheme fronts, they ran the same fronts that you see in San Francisco, where they had the linebacker walked up. You get to tilted front, you do yep. your twists and stunts, your one on ones. He is electric coming off the football. I think he is his motor is excellent. He plays extremely hard, and at this point. Does he have to be coached? Yeah. He's got to develop his hands more to have more rush counters. But again, that goes back to the coachable trait. What I can't teach is that immediate explosion or juice off the football. I mean, he really comes off the ball now. When you twist him and stunt him, everyone thinks it's always going to work. No, you have to have guys that can actually do that, that can bend and flatten and then have that short area closing speed to get home to the quarterback. I really liked his take. Again, another player I'd want to coach because – he has things that I can't coach, but there's so much detail I can coach to make him a Pro Bowl type of player. It's like you always say, go for traits, man. Go for those you traits. Have to. That, that's the draft is. So and Matt, uh, people get upset because we use that word way too much. Oh, no, but that's what the draft is. It is. Look, that's what high school recruiting is, guys. Yeah. It's the same thing, right? It's it's what you look like getting off the bus in high school. Yeah. And what traits you have and how I can develop you one in your body type in college and into a college system. But you got to have the traits. The traits matter. Well, I think it's going to be fun with this staff because I think it's the most robust teaching staff they've had here in a long time at the NFL level. And so those traits can be taught up to the NFL scale mm-hmm. here with guys you mentioned, like uh, the kid from Tennessee and many other others out there. So let's uh, circle back. Last question from my end here, and appreciate your mm-hmm. time, Matt Bowen, ESPN. On the free agent side, Carolina brings in two players in particular I'd love to get your take on. On the offensive okay. side, Adam Thielen how he fits into maybe Frank Reich's system. You talk about the triangle reads. He plays a lot in the slot, obviously. And then on defense, let's talk safeties. Let's talk Von Bell. A thumper comes right. in beside Jeremy Chin, who we assume stays at safety, but they could you know platoon him a little bit at backer there. How do you see those two players fitting in to what Carolina's looking to do here? What can fans look forward to there? Well, I think Adam Thielen, first of all, is a total pro. Okay, that's what you get with an older player who's been in the league this long with one franchise. That means he's a total professional in everything he does. I played with guys like that. I played with Ricky Prohl way back when Ricky year oh, in yeah. St. Louis. That, that Ricky was a total pro. Guys that have extreme route detail. Because we have to be honest about Thielen. At this stage of his career, 
his vertical speed or his play speed has diminished. Right. That's natural. I mean, that happens to every player. You never get faster. In the NFL. You never get faster. Yeah. No, you do not. You do not get faster <laughs> when you're in the 30s, right? But when you have high-level detail, when you have high-level technique like Adam Thielen, when you've mm-hmm. run so many routes in this league and faced so much high-level competition, you become someone that is scheme transcendent. You can play in multiple schemes. You can play as an X. You can play as a Z. And more importantly with Thielen, I think he can play inside for this football team because he still has the ability to uncover at the second level and make himself available. Yeah. And people, I understand what everyone wants. Everyone wants the deep ball throws, right? They want the highlight plays. If you don't get first downs in this league, you don't win. It's as simple as that. You have to have someone that can get first downs. And to me, that will be Adam Thielen, one of his responsibility, whether it's third and seven to 10, third and two to six, uncovering on a crosser, beating a slot corner to move the chains, working in the middle of the field, and then running a slot fade occasionally where he can still get on top because he knows how to win off the release. And that's what I look at with Thielen. In terms of Von Bell, another another veteran player who understands the position and played in a versatile system in Cincinnati. You have yep. to understand how they utilize their safeties in Cincinnati where they did a lot of late rotation. And you have to cover down over a tight end. You have to match backs out of the backfield. You can cover down over a slot at times. And look, Von Bell is not going to match up to Cooper Cup in the slot. I wouldn't ask him to do that as a coach. No one would. Right. But can you cover down versus the fire zone? Sure you can. When the ball is coming out hot, you play top down. He's got ball skills. He's got enough range to play in the post, to play in the deep half. And he is a very good player at seeing it fast, filling downhill, and tackling in the run game. That's a good player to add to that defensive back row. That's another thing that doesn't get discussed enough. Well, like we said, we talk about traits, we talk about scheme. Think about what happens in that room, how often you're in that room for meetings, day in and day out of the course of the National Football League season, and in training camp and working with the young players and working with a J.C. Horn, who's still a young player. Yeah. Von Bell will provide so much to them in terms of basically being a graduate class of football. Uh, look, I think if JC and, and Dante Jackson can just stay on the field for more than you know two thirds of the season, you got those right. safeties back there who are consistently healthy. You've got something to work with there with this new scheme, and and we're looking forward to it, man. Matt Bowen, uh, you can find him at Matt Bowen forty one on Twitter. What's uh, cooking for you? Anything coming up here you'd like to take a chance and promote here in terms of not just the ESPN side, but your your high school coaching? I see you're out there on the trail, <laughs> and come on, get some uh, get some word out about that, my friend. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, we're actually going, we got a big visit this weekend, Iowa city. We're going to spring right. game in Iowa. Good man. Uh, I'm bringing 10 players out there. there we go. got a bus. We're driving a bus out there. It's about three hours nice. uh, from Elmhurst and, uh, it'll be fun for the kids. Yeah. We do have some players who have uh, some serious recruiting interests right now. Um, our awesome. tight end, Eric Carter, um, has a Bama offer an Auburn offer. You don't see that very much in Elmhurst, Illinois. Oh, yeah. Um, and our, our sophomore tight end linebacker, uh, Dominic Kulik has five power five offers, Notre Dame offer. And KJ Parker, our coach in the secondary is also wide receiver, has power five offers. But the greatest thing about what I do as a coach is we try to get players to multiple levels. And that's our goal, guys, is to get you financial aid for college, right? Get your leg up. So when you come out of college, you are a graduate and you're also a student athlete, which will help you in life. We have three players of our seniors, three seniors last week, all committed to Illinois Wesleyan University. It's about two hours south of here in Bloomington. It's an excellent program, high-level D3 football, outstanding facilities, and an outstanding education. All three of them got financial aid to go to school down there. So that is a big thing for us. 
It's awesome. Um, obviously, we had a great season last year. We won the 3A state championship, and we are taking a major jump this year. We are joining the Chicago Catholic League. So in Illinois, that is the SEC. That is Chicago Mount Carmel. That is Loyola Academy. That is the best of the best. So it's yeah. going to be a big challenge for us, a big jump up in competition. Yeah. But we're excited as coaches. I know the kids are excited. And I told them this is going to be like playing in the NFL where there are no blowouts. You yeah. you win a game, you win by a touchdown. A you win by 10 different, points. Different, you know? different field. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. I know you absolutely love what you're doing right now. Is coaching something you want to stay in? Is it something you'd like to to move into the college realm in, or even mm. back to the pros? Or are you just are you satisfied and you get the enrichment you need out of where you are right now at the high school level? I, John, I think I'm going to stay at the high school level. I, I, I love that level of football. I love the teaching that's involved. Yeah, I love the relationships that are involved. Um, you know, I'm going. I, yeah, I'm going into my ninth or tenth year. So I got former players I can have a beer with now. <laughs> okay, that's how long I've been doing this. And that is a cool thing. That's cool. That's one of the most rewarding things yeah. is to see your players go on, graduate from college, get into the – start their own families, their own lives. Um, it has been so rewarding. And more importantly, we have four boys. My two yeah. younger boys are going to go to IC, so we'll be able to coach them. That's great. And that's a big thing for me. And it, it works with our family. We have we – have, my wife and I have four children. My wife's a full-time – science teacher in high school. So we have a lot oh, going wow. on. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and and it helps that I coach in the town I live in. Uh, our stadium is five minutes from our house. And it is it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah. One I, of the best decisions I've ever I made. Know we, so I want to stick there. Yeah, I know you and I have talked about it and I just wanted to, to shine a light on it because you know you've you've been able to just enrich your own life through that that coaching element and teaching element uh, there at home, but also stay relevant in, in the game itself by you know giving us great analysis at ESPN.com, ESPN Plus all the time, and check him out at Matt Bowen Forty One. Matt, it's been fun, man. Let's not wait a whole other year to do this again, buddy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. Thank you so much for your insight. All right, guys, enjoy the draft. We'll talk soon. All right, that's Matt Thank Bowen you. from ESPN right here on the Roar Podcast. We'll uh, see you next week for more draft coverage. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.